You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Sometimes we have a dearth of people here at the podcast. Uh, dearth meaning, I think, a scarcity. Or does that mean an overabundance? I don't know. You're telling the an story. An overabundance. The second. The second. Is it? I a dearth. So. Nah, so. bullshit. You'd have to look that up, actually. I'm looking it up. Uh, anyhow, I'll tell you who, uh, whether it's a dearth or an overabundance, we have uh, Ivan in, who is... Hello. Who is... <laughs> <laughs> who is back from the Middle East. Now, I'll just quickly say, yes. the only thing Don, uh, the late departed Don, has left us with is Ivan's nickname. Uh, Ivan's name is actually Paul, but uh, as soon as Don, in his diplomatic and very, very polite way, as soon as uh, Paul worked it, walked in uh, to the uh, podcast here some a year ago or so, Don said, you look like Ivan Malat. <laughs> so Ivan Malat, we've called him, uh, we've called him Ivan. And, and now, uh, now and everyone else does. And now everyone else around Australia calls uh, uh, Paul <laughs> Ivan, so I'm calling him Ivan. We've got um, a friend of mine who's a girl. She's, uh, well, a woman. Uh, I'm, I, I'm assuming she's a woman. I couldn't tell you anatomically. I have not checked. But I'm tipping she's a woman, and her name is uh, Sue Stanley OAM, and she is a friend of mine who happens to be a girl. Uh, and don't uh, confuse that in any other way. And last week... So what do they call me, if I'm a friend of yours? And you're a boy, a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, you fool, Ivan. And, uh, and then last week we had in a chap from Muff, yes. which is an acronym, and then we had a chat about what acronyms are. Ivan, did you know an, an acronym is only something you can pronounce? It so, has to have a vowel in it. So something like B, BHP. Is that an acronym? <laughs> that would be BHP. It wouldn't be HP. It would be BHP, but that is correct. That just is because not Dong's ac- not here doesn't mean you have to jump on... No, I'm just me. telling you how to pronounce the letter. The eighth letter in the alphabet is H, not H. And uh, BHP is quite correct. That's not an acronym. That is just the initials of a company. That's quite correct. So I got onto MUF because MUF is an acronym. It Mills means Melbourne Underground, Melbourne Underground Film Festival. And the proprietor, the principal, the lead person is... Richard Wollstonecroft, who is here and was here last week, and so much so, Richard, that um, Dr. Ben Fordham, MD, or Lord Fordham, as he's now um, popularly called, said that he thought Richard was um, very good on the podcast, and uh, if, if, if the doc says that someone's good, back they come. Don't worry, we're know. just... We're just um, Doctor's orders. Well, well done, Dick. That's good. I might call you Dick too. If Go you ahead. Start that being stupid. Dick, I'll call you a Dick. Uh, no, but Richard. So Richard. So welcome. Uh, so Thanks, that's mate. it. So I'm getting this out of the way now. Kate Save. Do you know who Kate Save is, Richard? She, no. She produces food called Be Fit Food, and it's fantastic. And if you want to lose weight and be uh, healthy. We uh, we are we are a small part of her company. Uh, only not because we're trying to 
not this is not insider trading or anything, but we thought if we're going to recommend someone, we should put our money where our mouth is. And we recommend Kate Save Food called Be Fit, and we're only a very small token uh, shareholder. Especially just to show that we put our money where our mouth is. Especially not the balls. Uh, pardon, what's that, Ivan? The dim sims. Our friend here, who used to be here, used to bang on about the, the balls. Oh, dear, the <laughs> dim sim ball. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kate for a minute. No, uh, no, Kate has balls uh, called... The dim sims. Yeah. And um, so, 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 Kate Save Food, it's, it's, a, it's a winner. You can get it online. Just look up the website, Be Fit food and that's the first uh, not a shout out that but this is a shout out this is from michaelchristianmenswear.com and we get these out of the way because the doc said don't do the shout outs first because no one's interested well the people who get shouted out are interested and so i'm just getting this out of the way now a shout out to uh, alistair kennan kennan of swan hill alistair is a carpenter if you were a carpenter would you have my baby I uh, won't ask uh, Sue Stanley OAM that. Uh, he and all his builder mates listen every week and you while using their tools. Uh, that's, that's Michael that's Christian menswear. That's him trying to work blue. He's suggesting that he's good at that. use their tools as in, you know, their dicks. Um, uh, Dick, uh, Richard. Oh, here uh, I am. Also to Michael and Robin Dennis. I think that's a, a D, not a P. D E N I S. No, it's a D, not a P. Uh, who listen every week from Woodbine, Woodbine in New South Wales. Robin owns a and runs uh, the Southern Highlands home brewing business in Mittagong, and Narellum in people. New South Wales. So that they love the podcast as. It's too many people to read out who like our podcast. I've got a shout out. And, and the caps, you cannot be serious caps. Mick, Mick, Mick can't keep up with the rush for Christmas, but if you might want to uh, snare a cap and have it uh, put under the tree, Mick can rush it out. Uh, yeah, that's an oxymoron, getting Australia Post to rush something out. Uh, but anyhow, he can get it uh, sent out by somehow. He might deliver it. Hand deliver it. Hmm? Hand delivery. He's good at hand delivering. He's always good at hand, hand, hand delivering stuff, particularly mm -hmm. on himself. Now, go ahead. Uh, who, who now, yep, uh, this person's a long time listener. And First time caller. Yeah, could be. And um, out there in Albert Park, and this person yells out, Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. And I was like, oh. Three times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got and a stutter. <laughs> uh, no, no. Go ahead. And I look across to the nature strip, and who was it? Let's see if we can guess. Henry Kissinger? Ascending uh, to heaven? Pol Pot? Who? No, no, I'll jump in. Mike Sheehan. Mick, Mick. Do you remember him? Mick. Now, he's, I had a bit of a conversation with him. He said he listens every week, so shout out to Mick. We, Mick was an integral part of this podcast, and, and he didn't leave because of me, as opposed to everyone else has left because of me. <laughs> he left because... He left because um, the disgraceful head of the uh, AFL uh, on this matter, Gil McLaughlin, took it on himself to charge us with vilification because we, we, Don Scott, me and Mike Sheehan, 
although I wasn't at the game, said that uh, we shouldn't discuss why Nicky Winmar lifted his jumper up 30 years ago to point mm. to his... He said skin colour and everyone thought it was his fat stomach and Nicky Winmar said it was his skin colour and we said if he says that, that's what it was. And Mick Sheehan said that, but the yep. McLaughlin-led clowns uh, sued us because they said we vilified him by suggesting it wasn't his skin colour. We didn't at all. We said the popular opinion wasn't that it was that, but we said it was. And then the photographer who took it lied. He lied. Mm. So we should have uh, that, sued that's him. What the, what's the photographer's name? Wayne Ludley. He, he lied about us. Uh, she and Scott and Newman, and we sued him, and we were successful. And um, uh, so that's why Mike Sheehan left. He said he didn't want to be browbeaten and be called a racist for uh, erroneous reasons, and oh. that's why he left. Well, he's not so here in physical form. He's out there in listener well, land. Mick! Good on you, Mick. And uh, Mick, I saw Mick out at the Essendon Football Club a couple of weeks ago tracking square with a charming lass, a very, very charming lass. Um, but he would say it's just a friend of his. He would say he's not tracking square with anyone. He's he just was just in, her, com in her company. That's correct. That's how those things get... Uh, get uh, go off the, off the track, Susan Stanley OAM. Correct. You well, can have female friends, can't you? You know, I mean, I've got female friends and I've got female girlfriends as well. So you know what I mean. The, the uh, what, what's that, Richard? You, you can have a female friend and yeah. not be sleeping mm. with her or whatever, and then you can oh. obviously have a female girlfriend who are sleeping with her. You know, so there's like that. I see, see. So you've got yes, both. both. Well, of course. Yeah. Uh, are you married, Richard? No, I'm I'm single, <laughs> but I have a girlfriend. Uh, and you, I presume uh, you don't have to answer this, but sure. I presume you sleep with her. No, you don't you, have to answer that. No, yes, no. yes. Oh, that, you do. That, that, that's been known to happen on occasion. We're not. We're not waiting for marriage. You know. Uh, I see. So you're not. You're <laughs> secular. Friends with benefits. No, you're I used to run the Hellfire Club, mate. So I'm a little, oh. little bit of a sexual libertarian. <clears throat> so you're secular. You're not a uh, religious buff who wouldn't uh, engage in. Copulation oh, until you were betrothed. Uh, I am interested dick. in religion and theology. Um, I am yeah. interested in Christianity and stuff, but I, I wouldn't say I'm not, you know, um, follow every, uh, you know, the, the traditionalist understanding of Christianity. So someone was cancelled uh, because of something uh, they said on your show. There was trouble you mentioned with the pointing to the jersey or the skin colour, is that right? Yes, no, this, this has been well documented. Mm. We got fined $100,000 by the AFL for vilification, vilifying Nicky Winmar when we had the most sensible, sane discussion about an incident. I keep going on about this because mm -hmm. uh, it really... If one thing that's pissed me off about uh, that man who uh, rounded us up for his own political uh, mm -hmm. pandering... Socialist white eliteness exactly pounced on us because the two people, Scott and Sheehan, I was there, I'm part of it, but I wasn't at the game. They said, Oh, everyone thought it wasn't about his skin colour, but Nicky Winmar <laughs> said it was, and that's enough. But we just discussing it. And why can't we discuss these things? Nah, but this is the point. And you know uh, what I mean? Like, and, um, and, uh, why do we live in a world where it's like a, almost like a, a, 
a social credit system. Like in China, it's enforced. There are like, you know, like if you say something wrong, you can't travel or whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. here, we still live in a free country, last I heard. And well, that why are we bowing to people who want to essentially bring in a voluntary social credit system? So we're not into, um, believe it or not, we're not into racism. And uh, this is why we took exception to the fact that that discussion could be called a racist discussion about anything and certainly not vilifying anyone. <laughs> we were we were just discussing it, and the very great majority of the people at the game yep. thought it was exactly about what Sheehan and Scott thought it was, uh, but we were only discussing it because the it came up the 30th anniversary of it, and in came the <laughs> AFL trying to sweep all the other bullshit they carry on with under the rug and make scapegoats out of us. Never forgive them because they were uh, uh, absolutely... Uh, egregious in what they did. Isn't it funny the way they use identity politics when it suits them, you know what I mean? But they never question their own privilege, these kind of white left liberals, you know what I mean? Wish but I'd said that, Dick. I, I, wouldn't have, I couldn't have said it more eloquently. Uh, Susan Stanley, OAM, don't, don't get involved. Don't tell me he's another a mini Sam Newman. No, come but... Or is that your love child? <laughs> um, if that's my love child, I'm going to... Going to see who the mother was. So she'd be living well, out. You never know. Hang on, hang on. What were you living, doing in 1969, Sam? She'd be living in a slaughterhouse out in, uh, out in some paddock. Settle, paddle. No, Mick. Uh, so, uh, Richard. So, so, so that's how do we get onto that? God. Uh, no, not oh, sure. Well, this, uh, Ivan Sagas. Oh no, Mick. Yeah, yeah. You saw well, shout right. out to Mick Sheehan. That's how we yeah, got onto that. Yeah, shout out to Mick. Mm. So. You're banging on about racism before, and, mm. and we're the worst ones. We say, oh, we're racist, and uh, Australia is a country. One of the things about going overseas, we're not racist here in Australia. You want to see some of the other countries, like yeah. Egypt and Dubai, and you know, I won't keep banging on about it, but they're just mm. as China. bad, if not worse, than... What I hear here. Yeah, no, but, the, but, but of course, Ivan, that doesn't excuse anyone from being racist here. It just doesn't matter if they're racist over there. We have a, uh, we, we like to think that we're, we are non racist here. And the very few times racism rears its ugly head here, uh, people, the media pounce on it and say it's endemic and it's a, it's a, 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 a we are s systemically racist and they go on with all the nonsense and it's a, a, we, it is grist for the mill. That's what it is. Yeah. It is. I think people forget that it's Europeans that, you know, like ended racism, you know, like we ended slavery with like people like Wilberforce, um, you know, in the uh, 19th century and there's a long history of like, you know, um, of European people basically Ending racism, and this is another reason why our countries uh, are very welcoming to immigrants and things, um, because, you know, I think we have very tolerant societies, because we have built, you know, societies based on liberty, democracy, and, um, you know, people getting along, and particularly in Australia, being easygoing. Well, well, we're still thought of quite well overseas. We are, are we? As Australians. Were you a great ambassador for us I was, there, I was. I can Did let you, you in on some things later on. Uh, for, for Maybe in the second episode. For public, yeah, for, that's right. <laughs> so I wasn't going to get onto this this early, but seeing as it's sequential or it follows on, I uh, was going to do some of the light-hearted stuff. Uh, did you know a bloke in America won $10 million on a scratchy or what we call a scratchy, mm -hmm. a rub-off yeah, thing yeah. at the uh, post office or at the newsagent? Rubbing one and out And bugging me, he did, bought one the other day and won another $10 million. He bought one two... 
ten million dollar scratchies. What are the what are the odds, Sam? Well, what are the what odds? The, what oh. are the odds are a trillion. Where was this in the states? It was in. Uh, so that was one of the light-hearted topics. But seeing I as you win. were on, seeing as you were on to that. Now this is Lawrence Money posted this. Lawrence Money, who was a uh, he's good. Who was a uh, he's retired, but he used to do it. Not a gossip column, but he was a man about town. Used to tell you about he had a go at me several like Peter times. Forward or something. Yeah, but he was a bit more cutting than that, and a bit more controversial. He had a go at me many times. So, but a bit like uh, Phoebe, wasn't it? Oh. He was the Age. I think he wrote for the Age. He did, and he did, and he said, "Oh, seen out and about town was Sam Newman." Uh, Oh, you know, I didn't do this, but if I did, he'd say urinating into the arrow after a heavy night out at the casino. No, I didn't do <laughs> well, that, but that's what he would plenty say. Plenty people have. That's what he would say. A right. gossip columnist. Yeah, but so, so uh, he, he, he wrote this. He posted this in a magazine. I don't know what magazine. It was sent to me. And I couldn't agree with Lawrence Money more. He said... He he went to he went he was fed up to the gills with the constant one-sided salutes to indigenous tribes that roamed the undeveloped continent centuries ago. He went with his missus. These days we're all peppered with indigenous acknowledgments of at theatres, cinemas, aircraft on aircraft, festivals, music, recitals, conferences. Sometimes the speaker even chanting the same thing. The bride and I, this is his wife, uh, swapped airlines from Qantas to Virgin because uh, he said Quant- he wanted to avoid the tokenism, uh, uh, but he said you wouldn't believe it, he got onto the Virgin plane and they read it out as well, yep. so he's <laughs> flightless now. He, can't. he said his old school, Wesley College, and my old school, John Grimmer, do exactly the same thing. They can't fall over themselves to uh, welcome and speak the nonsense this is there my words and he said he said the colonial pioneers and early settlers and migrants because without them Geelong wouldn't be here and neither would this museum the museum chief grudgingly admitted it was the right thing to do but he parroted the same thing because uh, he was in in in, in forced to do it uh, this leftist trope is wearing very thin and you wonder where the government is and with the backbone to say enough is enough. Let's all just get on living in this lucky country and enjoy it. Well, would you believe, I don't know if he's been listening to this podcast, but we announced this many uh, months ago. Even I had that salacious comment to my departed person friend Don I said we should boo the welcome to country just a an extravagant statement but it was designed it went round Australia it was designed just to get people's attention as to what are we welcoming and who are we welcoming and why you're being provocative right you know you were saying something that would um, raise the issue we are saying that it's an anachronism it is an old fashioned uh, that's welcoming people to the country that they developed and made is just nonsense so much so then we see the slobbering suck up the slobbering suck up the pandering chris bowen who's over at the this is embarrassing he's Mm. over at the uh what's it called cop 28 cop 28 And he said this. This is Chris Bowen. The he did a welcome to country in Saudi Arabia, didn't he? Yeah. Well, who, he who is indigenous who? in Dubai? Maybe they aborigines no in Saudi Arabia now. Uh, or Dubai. That'd be interesting. It was embarrassing. find what he said. And he kept going on and on and on and on. Are you serious? Yeah. How crazy. The I Emirati, mean, it's an attack upon Australian sovereignty. Let's face uh, it. The Emirati, who are only 15% of Dubai, they're the indigenous. Yeah. And he's welcoming 
We yeah, don't need I mean, to be welcome to our own this country. This is what he said. He got up, and I don't know if he had his hand on his groin or not, but he said he's speaking as the world's largest fossil fuel exporter, and he doesn't want to see his brothers and sisters being swallowed by the sea because of global warming. He did welcome to country over in Dubai. They had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yep. and, it's um, a joke. Uh, he's he, he's uh, fancy having uh, that a slobbering the slobbering suck up nature of <laughs> someone going over and pandering and being subservient to bullshit. But they, and, uh, they're they, the it's the pandaverse. Your country. Now they do it on automatic pilot. This is what this is what it's happening. just like a script, isn't it? It is. You know, they just blabber on and, uh, you know, it, it, it is constantly... Pa- and, and it's absurd to do it in a foreign country because, obviously, how can you welcome somebody to, con- to country in, in a place like no, Dubai? No. Well, no, he, the, the he, people who run Dubai will have an issue with that, wouldn't they? He doubled down onto that and he said he was talking about the Aboriginals in Australia. <sighs> you know so, I mean, you know. But uh, Dubai are so far ahead of Australia with this, um, uh, you know, alternative energy sources... That it just leaves us for dead. So well, they've got a lot of money, haven't they, from all the oil, though, from all the well, fossil fuels. Well, did you know this? This was a. I didn't realise this. Dubai don't have any oil. They've run out of oil. Have they? Yeah. So but they've got a lot of money the from Emirati, them. which is seven, seven states, which Abu Dhabi is actually the capital. OPEC. No, 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 no. UAE. United yes, Arab, Arab Emirates, Emirates. Yes. OPEC, mm-hmm. the oil producing. Yeah, Did go on the Saudi You wouldn't have royal thought this. Countries. What's the um, what's the the, Who la- has the, the most national oil in the world? What's America. That? What's the national why language? They, why aren't they drilling it then? You know very well why they're drilling it yeah. because they've got a retarded man running the country who Correct. has no idea what he was doing. He's being led and pushed and pulled by acolytes who just he has no idea that he's living, <laughs> let alone actually making any decisions. And uh, the great Donald Trump. That was one of the great things about Trump. He did it. He he said he'll drill for oil because uh, the man who is the leader of the uh, COP28 or 23 or whatever it's called in Dubai, a man called Mohammed Abdelbeer or whatever, he's the the chairman. He said there is no data, no credible data that says fossil fuels are deleterious to the planet at all. (laughs) And that that (laughs) went over like a raw dog. Oh, yeah, they didn't like that. Hmm. Mm -hmm, Of course. Well, they're trying to get Australia to host uh, COP31, which is in mm. four years or... Where are they going to host that? Oh, no, we don't. Here's Rock. <laughs> and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how the biggest success that'll be. That'll be like the yes-no vote. That'll cost $500 million to yeah. do all the security and build a new auditorium so that all the freeloaders can come over on their private jets, jets. And, and, and Gulfstream the whole well. of the planet and uh, have all the protesters pushed back with the big hoses from the SAS and uh, it'll just be a disaster. It'll just it'll be another failure, another absolute failure like the yes-no vote. If we wanted to, uh, like, you know, save the world, could we just ban all these private jets? of all these billionaires, I think that would have actually a, an important improvement on the environment, I think. If we just ban Bill Gates and Leonardo DiCaprio and all those people and what flying... John on, Kerry. Put them on coach. John you know? Kerry. Jetstar, a, I think. A, a, Jetstar. An un, a John Kerry, a, uh, just a, an imposter, not voted in to do anything, not no. part of the government, nothing, just has taken on himself to go around the world speaking shit to people. Now... Uh, William Caninmonth, who we've had in here, yes. and I've mentioned him many times, he is a star about uh, the climate, and he was an Australian representative over in he was Kyoto. On the, bu- the bureau, wasn't he? He was, yeah. not the FBI. Uh, no, the Ivan, other one. Yes, and he he has a a paper out. He wrote a book called 
Uh, Sue Stanley OAM is going to get it, who's not my girlfriend. She is uh, there. It Just is. a friend. He wrote a very, very interesting book called Climate Change and Natural Hazard. And he said that the climate changes because of the relationship between the sun and the moon, solar flares, tides, winds, all that stuff, the tilt of the earth, uh, changing just minutely. And he uh, is a, um, an authority on it, and he's brought out a paper, Rethinking the Greenhouse Effect. And he says here, he says in the paper, in the pre preamble, he says, the Russian Academy of Sciences, Sciences was convinced about was not convinced about the um, scientific basis of anthropogenic, that means caused by humans, mm -hmm. the anthropogenic effect on global warming. The Russian government signed the Kyoto Protocol for political and economic reasons. Uh, that's the only reason they joined in, because the two mm -hmm. countries that are not in the um, not in the um, CO2 debate and the uh, climate debate because they are considered as uh, emerging countries or developing countries are China and India. <laughs> and you, can you believe it? Who have about 300 billion people between them and <laughs> cause more pollution than uh, if you consider that it is pollution. And uh, so anyhow, so that's William Kaninmonth, a very good book, Climate Change and Natural Hazard. So we wasn't going to get on to all that to start with. What I started to say, uh, Richard, was you invited um, myself. I don't know if Miss Stanley OAM got an invitation. because I did. Don't, I, oh, did she? I don't yep. see her mail because I'm not, I have nothing to do with her uh, and uh, at all. And um, she said, um, uh, now that I didn't know you'd invited her, but you said, could we come out to the festival uh, on the weekend? Muff. Uh, I couldn't come for various reasons. I don't know why Miss Stanley couldn't go because I don't speak to her. Uh, but um, how did Muff go out there and what was the uh, upshot? Yeah, it was or good, down, downside of it. We had a we had a big opening night. We had uh, a film called High Strangeness, which was uh, high high strangeness, which was a kind of you know thing that's kind of riffing on UFOs, um, you know, conspiracy theories that surround UFOs that obviously recently have become um, well, not really conspiracy theories because there've been people talking in Congress about the fact that the American government has um, actually you know had some contact with UFOs and maybe contact with alien species. So they haven't fully revealed what that is. I mean. And do we necessarily believe them? That's another interesting thing. I, they are admitting it, but I, why are they, believe, why are they admitting I've it? I've seen that on the overseas. Uh, Fascinating. Uh, and, and there's very credible people who've come out and said that. Airline pilots who, uh, yeah. who are, uh, who've seen unidentified objects and they can't put it down to weather balloons or spy satellites. Uh, very credible people have been saying it. But what, what they've done now, obviously if they have found some kind of UFO technology, I believe that is true, but obviously the US military is going to be interested in it, correct? Because it's going to have yep. advanced technology. And we don't know how advanced, it could be super advanced, it could be a thousand or ten thousand years ahead of where we are, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word, um, evolution, how we've evolved uh, in a technological sense. So I think they've probably kept a hold on it, but we don't know what they're doing with it. So and this I do was think the headline film at the uh, MUF, yeah, was, that was it? it? was called High Strangeness, and then we had Frank Housen's film, Remembering Nigel, um, you know, which is a really great film, um, you know, has an incredible cast, um, you know, people like uh, Michael J. Pollard, Martin Landau, John Savage from The Deer Hunter, uh, Australians like um, Bert Newton. Who is Frank Nigel? Who is Nigel? I guess it's Frank Housen himself. It's it, it's like a whole group of celebrities remembering this this person called Nigel. So so Frank wrote a film about himself. So hoping people would remember him. 
It is something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. on you, Frank. Yeah. No, you did a good job, though. I yeah, thought that's you know, excellent. Yeah. Um, I must do that about myself. See if anyone remembers me for anything. <laughs> I think people remember you, Sam. Don't Susan worry. Stanley, or you, even Ivan. Do anyone remember you, and for what reason? Well, Mike Sheen does. So I'm happy. There about you go. That. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Well, you remember Mike fondly, fondly. So, yeah, so they were the two headlines. They were the um, opening night. And then features. We had Larry Wessel on Saturday night, who's our international filmmaker. Um, you know, he gave a masterclass and uh, played one of his films, and that's happening again tonight, actually, um, out at uh, 371 Settlement Road, Thomastown. Because you got banned from some other <laughs> venue. We did. One of our venues dropped were, out. We got cancelled culture, mate. You said you were homophobic or, or sexist or racist or transphobic. What did they say? Oh, the you usual, were? the usual barrage. The usual barrage of um, um, epithets that they throw at people they don't like who don't play along with the narrative. And I've never played along with the narrative, mate. I'm an independent thinker. Um, you know, I have a degree in philosophy and uh, I like to think independently. And you, you have a degree in philosophy? Political philosophy, correct. Uh, you say you're, you're a scholar. I am a scholar, yep, yep. After Jesus, I did the Hellfire Club. Just, I thought you were just dick from uh, out, <laughs> out in Ringwood. Or I went and studied uh, political yeah, philosophy. I thought he was dick. <laughs> what did you say? Hellfire Club? I used to run the Hellfire Club, yeah, which was a kind of, um, it was a kind of kinky nightclub. Oh. Fitness, uh, did you say? Yeah, well, not fitness. You said a club. Unfitness. Yeah, well, club, that's right. Join the club. It, it was a kind of still you know, wild no. nightclub. Look, in the 90s, it was a real sensation, you know. And, um, you know, I made a lot of money out of that and did well. And so at the end of the 90s, I, I, you know, I was part of that whole wild, you know, mm. uh, sex, drugs, and ro- electronic music. Were you? So that, yeah, I was. Holy shit. And so just a no, please. Richard. And then, uh, so no, I went back to uni. If, to I, if you wouldn't mind. So the Hellfire Club was a uh, just a. a, a, a a bar store. It was just a, a venue where people would come in and go swish and go bang. Yep, yep, just yep. one club. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did it at, at different venues. I did yeah, it. I did other 12, clubs. People, I did a club called Club. Room. Can I say the word F on this show? Fuck. Yeah, I did a club called Club Fuck at one stage, and um, you know, so I, I did Club Fuck. Club Fuck. Yeah. Should I ask what happened? That's that's, that's interesting. So uh, it was kind of a bits maybe swingers club, but it, we we played electronic music, and it was all kind of you know twenty year olds who are into that, you know, dropping ecstasy and having a good time. Dropping you know? ecstasy. <laughs> so Correct. I got to say there were analgesics involved. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. They people took vitamins. People took mushrooms. People oh, took LSD. People shrooms, took all kinds of things. I think they call them. <laughs> Shrooms. It was a wild time. If you remember the nineties, you weren't there. Yeah, I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. Jesus, I wasn't um, at club. And what, what happened? How come there's I no clubs today? I did say to my dear old mum and dad, who were, uh, I think, when I was just uh, just a young, just a lad, a uh, lad. Um, no, they were in their sixties, maybe when I was just in my teens. They did. My mum did say, "Where was I going?" And I wasn't game to tell her I was going out to club. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think she'd ever heard the word. I think the the, the, yeah. the most strenuous swear word no. my father and mother ever said was ruddy. You are a ruddy fool. Ruddy means red. Ruddy. ruddy. You wouldn't even say yeah. bloody. So I did not ever mention I was going to club fuck when I was living at home anyhow. <laughs> So, we, you know, I mean, yeah, the 90s was a wild time and, um, yeah, there were all kinds of different clubs um, around, you know. Um, I had friends who run that club, Tasty, Warren Amster, ran that club uh, with uh, Gavin Campbell and um, there were all kinds of wild clubs around and, you know, it just uh, so happened that the Hellfire thing clicked. It originally started at a club called Dream in Queensbury Street, Carlton, but it ended up uh, in the mansion at one stage 
Ah, um, uh, yeah, I know the mansion. Yeah, I remember yeah. the mansion, you know. Down by the uh, Fitzroy football, uh, Oval. That's right. And, um, you know, um, we, we, yeah, we did it at Queen Saratoga Road. and George Clooney climbed Sarat- to the club. Uh, did he? He did, yeah. There's got a funny story about that if you want to hear it. <laughs> well, there's, George there's. Clooney's ears will be burning. Oh yeah, because he be listening to this. Uh, <laughs> you know who was his? Uh, who was his? Rosemary Clooney this was his cousin or sister or oh, something. Nice. You ever heard of Rosemary Clooney? No, no. no. Very, very serious uh, pop star in the day in the sixties. Go ahead, uh, uh, give us the uh, George Clooney story. I think it was around nineteen ninety seven. It was around the time that George Clooney made the Batman film, and he came out to um, to Australia to um, you know promote uh, you know that film. And you know he was uh, just you know he was a not nice guy. Like like to go out and party or whatever. So anyway, he turned up at the Hellfire Club. We let him in for free and gave him drink cards and that. And you know, um, and we asked if we could get a photograph with him. And he said, "Listen, look, if you ask me, that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, because we, we can stage them. You know, don't just take, but them. don't just take them because he was with a few different people. Out of let's just say he was with some, you know, men and women. Let's say that, and you want to be photographed with some, maybe some of the women he was with, right? So right, anyway, right. like on the dance floor or whatever. So um, we said, of course, that's fine. And uh, the photographer's name was Robin Delamore. And um, so anyway, we took a couple of shots uh, together with George Clooney. I gave him access to the back to the back room if you wanted to get private drinks or whatever. And then drinks. anyway, private Robin... Drinks. Drinks. Mm-hmm. Private drinks. Private mm-hmm. drinks. You know what I mean. And um, yep. um, so anyway, on the dance floor... Um, there's a Robin photographs uh, George Clooney dancing with some girl, and of course George Clooney's got a girlfriend in um, of in America, and he was only just a girlfriend he was dancing with. That's right, exactly, just a friend. Anyway, so George Clooney attacks the photographer, so it was like Batman versus Robin, which was kind of funny. <laughs> so anyway, then we had to drag them. Uh, uh, George Clooney dragged this photographer to the office, and then um, I said, "Well, look, this is terrible. I mean, obviously he he didn't have our permission to do that." Mm. And George Clooney, because this is back in the day when they, you know, he was on film. You know, yeah. the photographs. And George Clooney was staying at Crown Casino. George Clooney goes, give me the film. Yeah. And, and, and we, we give him the film. He says, well, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to develop it. And I'm going to give you the photographs that I approve yeah. of. Oh. I mean, can you imagine this happening today? It would never happen. And then I'm going to destroy the rest. And, and we said, okay. And then he said to me, all right, meet me at Crown at 10 a.m. And it was like three or four in the morning. Yeah. So he was going to be up all night, obviously. So anyway, I said, this is not... I, he's not going to be there at 10. But anyway, I rock up at 10 the following morning at Crown Casino in the lobby. Out comes George Clooney on the dot. Fantastic. With the photograph. He'd been to a one-hour thing at nine. Yeah. Got and developed. And he gave me about, you know, 10 shots of us, you know, that were all legit, being friendly. And so I thought he was a really top bloke. And that's you know? fair enough. Isn't what it? a nice guy. Take, uh, people just dwelling on you to take the... Photo out of context that uh, exactly. gives a different impression. Was George dancing on? The, was he on the dance floor? Dancing he was with, on the dance floor and dancing you know, with the open neck trousers. And he wasn't. You know, he was one of those celebrities. He wasn't <laughs> exactly straight, straight, something straight. like that. And um, he's one of those celebrities that didn't really have tickets on himself. He, you know, he said things like, "I think I've stuffed up the Batman franchise." He was making jokes like that, self-deprecatory. He just seemed like a really good guy. So had that was my George experience. Been, uh, had he, he had taken any analgesics? Do you think or? Well, uh, I think that's possible, mate. Uh, possible, you know, I think, yeah, you know, possibly some vitamins. There could have been some vitamins, yeah, going uh, around uh, that supplement night. supplement or something. A supplement. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, something like that. Something to perk you up. Well, that's, you know. that's, that is uh, really interesting. So that was the health. That was not the Hellfire Club. That was the Muff. Uh, the no, that was the Hellfire, Hellfire Club, Club in 1997. No, no, I know, but we were talking about but Muff. But we're talking about Muff now, yes. We, can we talk any... We won't talk... Can we talk any more about 
Murph, or is that enough? Oh, no, we've got the closing night coming up tomorrow night, which is uh, two conspiracy theories. One is a pro-Donald Trump film called Police State, which examines the way that, um, you know, the uh, American Justice Department is being used yep. to attack Donald Trump. And obviously, as a film festival, it's unusual for, uh, you know, a film festival to play a pro-Donald Trump film. So that's tomorrow night at... At the closing night of the Melbourne Underground Film Festival at 7pm and then at 8.30 we have another kind of uh, thing in a similar vein called the Great uh, Awakening, which is the opposite of the Great Reset, which is the uh, plan of the World Economic Forum, the globalists in Davos, the billionaires who fly around lecturing us on uh, climate change in their, in their private jets. And if you ever wanted a better a statement, I didn't make it up, I don't know, I think we looked up who uh, is responsible for this statement, this would apply to Donald Trump. Uh, don't worry about the haters, they're just angry because the truth you speak contradicts the lies they live. Correct. That uh, is Donald Trump to a T. They've t told more lies about that man uh, mm. and uh, they have been proven to be lies. The Russia... When's the hoax, next election? Uh, November. 2020... Well, November. Next year. No, next year. About a year from now. Yes, yeah. you said, yeah. when's the next under election? A year. I said November. Now, oh. we've passed November. It's the December next now, so the next one is in November. I like that quote from Elon Musk where he said, you know, a lot of people, they like to look good, but really they go about committing evil. You know, and he said that in relation to Bob Iger, who he told to go fuck himself recently um, in relation right. to... Um, Who's you know, Bob Iger? Bob Iger is the, uh, he's the Jewish head of Disney. Yep. You know, and, oh. um, you know, he's... Uh, he's been in trouble recently, um, Musk, for with the ADL and various censorship groups wanting to remove his advertising. Because, you know, again, it's a kind of cancel culture. It's like a soft, um, you know, social control system. I mean, you know, we should be grateful that we aren't living in a totalitarian society like China, where it's not um, voluntary, where it's enforced by, you know, like it was, say, in the Soviet Union. Um, but, you know, we already live in a voluntary one. And why are we voluntarily submitting to this bullshit? Do you think we're... Uh, do you think, Ivan, just off mm. the top of your head, you're sitting yeah. there listening to this, do you think we're suddenly being cast, this podcast, as an extreme <laughs> right-wing uh, propaganda... We um, should be... And, uh, but, but, but what we are doing is we are providing... <laughs> We are providing a different a view of what uh, generally washes over people because they can't be fucked taking notice of what's going on in the country or the planet or this city, for example. How about this city? Haven't transported to Ballarat, have we? Mm -mm, what? Oh, it was overseas and they were banging on about Australia's right-wing people in Ballarat. <laughs> were they? <laughs> yeah, they what's Ballarat? going on in Ballarat? Yeah, go on. Enlighten us, Ivan. Oh, they're doing all the Nazi salutes and marching in through in Ballarat, Australia. In, yeah, well, yeah, we missed that, obviously. Well, they're the that's right. Well, they're the imbeciles that are just anarchists, like Antifa. They're just yeah. Yeah. They're probably so ASIO agents. We don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're, know, they're they're trying to, trying to create division. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, um, you, you obviously <laughs> no, no. I've done a don. Fucking, uh, it's just uh, well, throwing him. You're throwing him. Finish on that. Uh, I was going to finish on that about. Uh, Oh, um, I, I can't. I can can't, we, can't recall. Can we finish on, on the speed limit in Dubai? Can I tell you about yes. that? Because you'll. Mm -hmm. So it's 120 on the freeways, Good. as long as you're not. Uh, yeah. Kilometres? Kilometres, yep. yes, 120 kilometres. You're allowed to do 140. Mm -hmm. yep. You're allowed to do. That's just how the law is. I happen to be there on the Emirates National Day, whatever they, that is. And did you. You're not going to believe this. On the Dubai National Day, they get 50% off car infringements. 
So if you get caught speeding, I, th- I love it. Mm-hmm. If you get caught speeding, you get a fine of $100, they'll mm-hmm. ping you $50. Yeah, it's incredible. How good's that? I mean, we would double it. But that's right. Yeah. In uh, many countries like, say, Bali or uh, Thailand, you can pretty much drive at whatever speed you want on many of the roads. You know what I mean? They don't have cameras everywhere. And, and these are countries ruled by military dictatorships. And we're living in a supposed democracy, and yet every, every corner you've got a camera and you've got to do 40 here or there. It's 30 just, they're trying to get in in some of the um, it's crazy. outer suburbs or close suburbs to the CBD. Those mm. people that supported the BLM people, they're trying to get you to drive at 30 in their streets. Have you seen those bike lanes? You know, the way that they narrow, say, a, a, like a three-lane road mm. to one lane? How is that keep, that's well, keeping cars on the road longer? So I, I, I How am I going to get to the Hellfire Club then? By a helicopter. I know what I was going to say. This is how we're we going in this city. And bike lanes is one of them. They're narrowing all the streets down to the bike lanes. They've got more flags flying outside the town hall. They've got the Aboriginal flag. They've got the Torres Strait Islander flag. They've got the rainbow flag. They've got the um, uh, Palestinian flag. They've got... They've got uh, I think Australian the, I'm not flag? sure if the Australian flag's there. There's only one flag. They've got, there is only one flag. Australia. And if you want That's what the Anzacs died for, mate. And if you want to include the Indigenous flag in it, that's fine. Just put it up in the left-hand corner, uh, the gold, black and... Um, gold, black red. and uh, red. A little square up in the corner. Just say it's incorporated. Make it a flag. One flag. One country, one flag. One so, nation. So then you can't drive in the city. The roadworks are horrendous. Yeah. The mayor drives around... Uh, this is not me saying this. She's... Run in up Dubai. a bill of $30,000 on limousines being driven around the city to various functions. Um, so she doesn't have to contend with the traffic. And they said, well, why is she being driven around? For security reasons. What, who's who's going to try and ping the mayor? Seriously. Um, uh, there is, uh, more, uh, there's, there's more crap going on in the city and we're trying to bring it back to uh, a reasonable thing after COVID. And uh, mm. they're doing everything they can to suppress the interest and the, um, uh, the vibrancy of the city by stuffing it up with more bullshit exactly. and more... Poli- and she's just... She, the Sally Cap, is just back from a climate awareness conference. <laughs> what in God's Why? name is she... What is, what is that about? That is seriously... It's, just, it's, it's just like a secular religion, isn't it? It's become like a religion. Hopefully a she noticed... There's one thing different about Melbourne to Dubai. There's no friggin' graffiti in Dubai. Or in Singapore. No ruddy graffiti. Ruddy. And I noticed, speaking of graffiti, Ivan, and uh, Richard, and uh, Sue Stanley, OAM, there's still graffiti on my church. My church is St um, Paul's on the corner of Flinders and Swanson Street. I'm an Anglican. Uh, which doesn't matter what I am. Uh, we're very tolerant of all religions and all races. Amen. But I'm an Anglican and they still have graffiti on the church. It says, vote yes for the referendum coming up. How long will it be before they take that graffiti off my church? Living in the past. Uh, they're just living in the past. And the great radio station I listen to, Golden Days Radio, GDR, at 8 o'clock, uh, welcome everyone to country and slobber oh, yeah. over who, uh, where, the, where they're broadcasting from. It's just pandering. It is, it is honestly, it is uh, cringeworthy. And in the film industry, it's even worse. I mean, they, every speaker gets up and thanks, the, you know, does a welcome to country whenever anyone speaks at a film uh, festival. I tell you what, they're... Push- and it's like, listen, you know, and I've actually been to the Melbourne International Film Festival and it, 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 everybody there is white, by the way. You know what I mean? I actually, I actually looked... 
to see if I could find one Aboriginal person among 3,000 people. There's no one there. So this is all for white people. It's about white guilt. Um, it's like, you know, and these are people who are incredibly privileged, who have great jobs, $200,000 a year working in film bo- funding bodies. Go ahead. No, now what we're going to do is, because we're going to close this off now, and then uh, Sue has got a many, many things to say because she's deliberately not spoken uh, for the last 43 minutes because she hasn't been able to get a word in, but we're giving her free reign. Just been listening to all the shit you guys have been talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm uh, writing everything down. I'm right, it. yeah, and that's it. Well done. So um, we're, we're coming back. So here we go. Cause you ain't treating me right Come back again 